0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Tap, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. With identity and data theft on the rise, we'd like to suggest what you can do now and if you're informed of a data breach. Our experts are ready to take your personal finance questions this morning as well. Contact us by email. The address? It's money at org. So good morning, Ryder. We're going to give you first shot at uh, financial news in the news. What do you have for us today?
1: good morning uh, thanks for giving me the first shot I don't want to I don't want to waste it let's see so the H- hurricane Ida which passed over us uh, yesterday is obviously a fairly big piece of news one of the ways that kind of will ripple up uh, through the economy and through to other people even if you weren't you didn't have direct damage or anything. A lot of oil and oil refining passes through South Louisiana, and a lot of that is shut down. A lot of people are without power down there, so a lot of the discussion on a larger scale is at least regionally higher gas prices. And as far as disasters go, I haven't really seen what all kind of damage is had. I've started to hear some things, but rebuilding obviously will be a big thing. There will be federal aid, there will be insurance companies, there will be state aid, there will be donations, all sorts of things. And while losing losing homes, losing lives, losing invested capital, if you want to put it in strictly economic terms, it's never a good thing. There's always a potential to if the reinvestment um, Comes to a, a high enough level, you know, you can rebuild better. Hopefully, uh, if they are raising building standards, this is, of course, a story that comes up every time there's a hurricane. South Louisiana is just regionally not not very prepared, just just the way the geography and the landscape is. Um, on, on in, in the long term. So if, if there's any kind of long-term solutions there, that could be interesting.
0: Good morning, Nancy. Glad you're with us today. What's on your mind, financially speaking?
2: Good morning, Kevin. Well, this weekend will end once and for all the enhanced unemployment benefits that the federal government was paying. Of course, several states had already ended that. Mississippi ended theirs the middle of June, 22 states in all ended it early, and uh, we already have data because the assumption was if you end this, this is going to help your labor market. It did not, Um, and we think it's because it's a more complicated story than just People are getting extra money. There are all kinds of things going on as our labor force is realigning. Those 22 states that ended theirs early actually had slower growth in their labor markets than the ones that did not. Now, of course, that could be because many of those 22 are also in hot spots with COVID. And that is certainly creating a bit of a speed bump for the economy overall.
0: So I have a, a bit of a gripe. Um, so over the weekend, um, I w- visited a friend in uh, North Carolina to go see a tennis tournament in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I was originally supposed to fly back uh, Monday. Uh, but because of the hurricane, we were trying to change my flight to getting out of North Carolina on Sunday. So went to the Delta. Uh, website and was trying to purchase a ticket that way, and it would say one left at this price. We would click. We'd go through the entire thing, you know, name information, uh, financial information, that sort of thing, and we'd get a response of, well, that you, there are no more tickets. Try something else. Well, then as we kept doing that, we would first look at the seat map, and in one particular instance, the seat map showed, oh, like the entire middle section of the plane completely available. So when we went through there, it's it said the same thing about, well, sorry, that's not a seat that's available. Try something. Something else, so eventually gave up and had to fly back on another airline, but it brings up the thing of apparently their the Internet isn't catching up in real time with how many seats they had left. I thought it was really frustrating. And I know a friend of mine is a toy collector, and it's similar with the uh, Target app, where something will be in stock, go to the store to pick it up, and all of a sudden it's like, well, no, we don't really have that anymore. So just curious as to why. They're very helpful if they worked right, but if you're de- depending on something online to tell you if a ticket is available, if an item that you're trying to purchase is available, and it's not giving you accurate information, it seems to me that that's completely bogus and not very much help for anyone. So, uh, But here I am. I did get home safe and sound, so I'm, I can't complain too much. But that's a little bit of a gripe that, you know, it's one of those where you're dealing with a computer and you want to, I don't know, give it some human characteristics, but it's not, you know, it just does what it's supposed to do. So um, off my soapbox for the day.
1: <laughs> that's very interesting because you would think with – well, I wonder if some of it is because uh airplanes not booking every single seat because of the pandemic because of health concerns. I wonder if that's one part of it, but also it is odd you're right that because airlines that the airplane seats it's not like someone went and physically grabs that last seat off the shelf or something like they may have done at target it's not it's it's a little they can be a little more precise with their inventory control you would think yeah well
2: the other thing that's happening is that uh we are seeing a decline in all kinds of travel right now we are seeing a decline in credit card usage because people are pulling back because of the pandemic so i have to wonder if maybe um some of your problems had to do with flights just being canceled
0: Hmm. I didn't thought about that, but that might be the case as well. So uh, I did. It's re- uh, been so long that I've flown Southwest. I forgot they had the open seating. So I, when I got in there and I saw the uh, the uh, exit aisle seat open, I, my eyes lit up. So I got the the legroom, and there's so much legroom there. You really have to bend forward and stretch to get your uh, stowable item underneath the seat in front of you. So that was nice. So
1: this story has a happy ending. It at does the end indeed. Of the day. Oh yes. my goodness! <laughs> you have nothing to complain about, Kevin. You got the exit. (laughs)
0: So we're going to be talking today, identity theft and data breaches just keep happening. There were 1,767 publicly reported breaches in just the first six months of 2021, which exposed a total of 18.8 billion records. You might not be able to keep your data from being stolen, but we've got tips on what you can do if it is. These are tips that anyone can use to protect their bank account, the retirement, and their credit record. Nancy, when you hear on the news a group you're associated with had a data breach, what's one thing that you should do?
2: Well, the first is don't panic, Uh, but you do need to check with every institution where you have accounts and um what we usually hear from our clients is when they have an issue like that they will call us and let us know and so we can flag an account We may not immediately start, oh, we need to shut this account and start all over, because we're not sure if their particular information has been grabbed. We don't know if there's going to be a problem, and but you just need to do what you should always be doing, which is what being watchful about your accounts, noticing if anything strange is going on, but certainly um, going back to every place where you have an account and alerting them that you have been notified of a breach so that they can flag the account and watch for any questionable activity.
0: Uh, I think your advice of staying calm is good is because, as you pointed out, if, if your information is breached, it does not automatically need, mean that it's fallen in the hands of the bad guys, but it, it's just that it's there for possible exposure. And so uh, that's when you need to be proactive and do some things to uh, make sure. Ryder, uh, what, what about you? What are some things you can do if you suspect your data has been compromised?
1: One thing I wanted to say because we we talk about we talk about folks accessing your credit all the time this is not the same as say somebody going to the bank and acting like they are you and taking money out of your account. This is somebody, identity theft, in in this way, we're generally talking about somebody accessing credit, uh, possibly using that to open a credit card or a line of credit or some other account that uses credit verification services to, to open up and access. So they're not necessarily accessing your hard-earned money. They are Accessing your hard-earned risk profile or credit profile, so they are just pretending uh, to be you, and um, so that's an important distinction between. Oh my goodness, this is this is my bank account. I need to I need to change banks. I need to do this, that, and the other. That's not strictly necessary. Um, one thing you can do, and, and one thing we always advise folks to do, is monitoring their credit report. And that's, that's the report which just has the exhaustive list of every time you've ever accessed credit, every, every monthly bill, uh, credit card payment, every, every loan you've ever taken out, every car payment you've made, things like that. And, and make sure that everything on that report is yours and, and not somebody else's. I think that's the most important thing to do.
0: Uh, some other things that you can do if you had a, a data breach. and Nancy mentioned a couple of these. Uh, you can change your password. Sign up for two-factor authentication, which to me is a little bit of a hassle, but it's worth it, I think. Uh, you know, that's where you sign in and then they send you a code either to an email or a text message uh, to get that two-factor authentication. Let me skip that word. Uh, check for updates from the company. Watch your accounts, as Ryder was mentioned. Keep an eye on your credit reports. Um, consider identity theft protection. I know I've got some of that. I think uh, from one of the breaches, one of the companies offered that, so I've got some of that. And then I think our producer Liz Gill mentioned that she froze her credit. And Nancy, that's one uh, that you talk a lot about. Uh, that if you freeze your credit, that helps uh, preserve that information there as well. So,
3: uh, we'll exactly. look- I've.
0: I've
2: done that myself, and um, but you just need to be cautious about doing that because there are special passwords to unfreeze it. And, uh, you know, I'm at a point in life where I'm not looking to purchase a new house. Uh, I don't need a car anytime soon for a loan on that. Um, I have the credit cards I need. So I don't need to have my credit history just available at any point. But for younger people, it's a little harder to freeze those, those credit records. Uh,
0: that's true. And I think another one, too, um, you can a lot of times put a temporary stop on your uh, your debit card should you ever lose that as well. So. If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're talking about how to protect your credit and information today. Where can you hear a podcast on cyber crimes? We've got that information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen to your iPhone or Android phone to all the local MPB Think Radio programs on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge anderson president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Money Talks had a broadcast on August 9th, 2019 about cybersecurity. You can find that podcast for an overview of keeping your data secure. Again, August 9th, 2019 on the Money Talks podcast page. We're going to get into some detail today about how to check your credit reports and how to freeze any new credit being created in your name. So, Nancy, we've talked about this a lot on the show, but it always helps uh, to repeat things. Uh, How do you get your credit report?
2: Well, you need to go to annualcreditreport.com, and that site will allow you to submit information and, and do a request for a free credit report. Now, Mississippi was part of a group that um, sued to get us the ability to get reports even more often, even weekly, but I don't think you need a weekly report. Um, Once a year from each of the three main credit agencies, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, and you can space that out to make it once a quarter if you want to. Now understand, it is just the report, it is not the score. But everything in that report is used to calculate a score, and every reporting agency calculates their score a little bit differently and you also need to understand that the score required to get the best interest rate varies depending on the institution asking for that, um, on the type of loan that you're requesting, all kinds of things go into that. Um, You are allowed to get a free report and a free score if you are turned down at any time. So if somebody turns you down, even if you've gotten the free report, you can go back and ask for another report and a score so you can look at what they uh, used to then decline you on the, the credit.
0: Uh, If you would remind us of why you think it's important to get them from all of the uh, big three, Equifax, Experian and TransUnion. And I think the suggestion has often been, you know, first quarter Equifax, then Experian, TransUnion. Why do you think it's helpful that you get all three involved?
2: Because they can have different information. And certainly I have seen that in reports. And um, it could be that one company, one reporting agency has bad information, and that is causing you to be kicked out or declined on a loan. Um, What I've also found, uh, because I have frozen my credit and then I needed to unfreeze it, to do a transaction and I was told uh, at that time by the lender, well, you only need to unfreeze Equifax because we only use Equifax. Um, So it depends on which company that they're depending on and if the information in that particular company's reporting is correct or not. One little uh, mistake can really throw you off.
0: So, Roger, how did it know that the person getting the credit report is really you? What questions, what kind of information do you need to provide to make sure that you are actually you?
1: Yeah, so this is one of the more interesting and becoming more pervasive uses of credit reports, and it's for identity verification. And so... I guess kind of ironically, your credit report is used to verify your identity before you check your credit report. So they are pulling things from, again, that credit report. Things that might be on there, if you have a a home loan, then they can ask you things like, what street is your house on? If you have a car loan, they can ask you what kind of car, because that information will be on the report, and they can see very clearly, well, Ryder has a... Toyota Prius. That's a fact, y'all. Um, and they can they can even get things like when did you first purchase your house? When did you refinance your house? What bank did you use? They'll also use things, of course, your date of birth, information about that, your Social Security number, because that is always used to access your credit. Your phone number may be on there for several reasons. Your phone company may indeed have checked the credit report, and they would have gotten the information from there. Of course, if you pay for someone else's phone, you have a family plan or something like that, that could get a little bit wonky. I know my phone line. I don't know that it's under my name. I think my sister's phone line has my name on it. It's very complicated in our family. They can also ask who lives with you because, again, if somebody else is reporting that they live at the house that you bought, then, then that's that's something that they can do. Um what state, what county you live in, things like that. All of these things, there's there's actually an, an incredible amount of details about your life that can be revealed on that credit report. And so they will pick a handful of random details about your life and have you verify, verify those. And the questions can get a little weird. I mean, they can ask, what... Uh, car did you drive in 1994? <laughs> was it a Volvo? Was it a Honda? Was it a Ford? Or none of the above? Uh, well uh, ladies and gentlemen I was not driving a car in 1994 so if that question comes up for you you
0: can set, check
1: no none of the above for me. <laughs> That's your first Were you step, born in
0: 1994? Uh, on <laughs> <laughs> we have silence on that question. Yeah.
2: Usually he rubs that one in.
0: But uh, we've got some actual uh, questions from one of them, and it's just to give you an example. Uh, this first one says, your credit file indicates you may have a retail card opened in and around November of 2020. Who is the credit provider for this account? Kohl's, Macy's, Sears, Target, none of the above. As writer mentioned, that's usually a choice. So even if you're kind of fuzzy on your memory, you can say, well, you know, I don't ever shop at Macy's, so I know it wasn't that one. Uh, because sometimes, as the older we get, it, it might be hard to remember what car we were driving in 1994. Uh, But I found the couple of times I've done this, but you're right, that if you think about it, it's easy to eliminate some of the extremely wrong answers, and if you put your mind to it, I think you can come up with uh, the type of information you need uh, to make sure that uh, you are you and that you can go ahead and get this uh, sensitive financial information. Uh, Before our next break, uh, Nancy, any other thoughts on checking your credit, uh, credit scores, credit reports?
2: Well, uh, don't get so wound up about the score but you do need to make sure that the information on those reports is correct. And also, if you did have some problems in the past, know that um, what you do in the current time holds more weight, and certainly some of those old things after about seven years or so will start to fall off. So you can outlive some bad choices from your youth, and improve that score. There are many things you can do to improve the score, and the biggest thing is pay your bills on time. That is crucial to everything. That is one of the biggest things they look at in calculating your score.
0: How about you, Ryder? Anything to add about this section of the show?
1: I think, kind of going back to what I said about this is used for identity verification all over. It makes it an issue when people say oh do i really need a credit score oh how do i get a credit score established what's the importance of that this is being used for more than just credit. It's being used for identity verification broadly. There was a story very recently about it being used for identity verification of folks seeking unemployment benefits. And some of the people seeking unemployment benefits may have never opened a credit card in their life. They may have never had a mortgage. They may have never had a car loan. But it was still important for them to have had a kind of established identity of being out there and interacting with the financial World, it's more than just oh, I need to borrow some money. Someone needs to be able to prove that. It's more and more just being being used to prove that you exist. And and alternatives to that, we, we deal with alternatives to that all the time. If if somebody's credit history or r- report isn't built up enough, you know, you have to send in things like your driver's license, you know, social security card, kind of comprehensively showing I am a real person, I do exist. It's just a little bit harder they can't just run that check automatically for you. So that can be it can be troublesome in more ways than just financially if you don't have a credit report.
0: We're talking about keeping your data safe today. What tips does the government have about keeping you safe? We've got that information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
2: podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org.
3: And thanks. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of southern flavor, from fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download
0: our MPB Public Media app. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge anderson president of New Perspectives and ryder Taft portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. The Federal Trade Commission has the website identitytheft.gov where you can go to report identity theft and get a recovery plan. So, Nancy, we've talked a little bit about freezing your credit, Um, And we've talked a little bit about why it's a good idea, but what actually happens when you freeze your credit?
2: Well, what you're doing is you're freezing out any new request. So um, if you freeze your credit and then you walk into a store, this is what has happened to me (laughs) because I get enticed by, oh, we'll knock off 20% if you sign up for a store card. And as soon as they put that information in and uh, do the request, you get turned down because your credit is frozen. Um, If you try to take out a loan for a car, a house, anything like that, it's frozen. Um, Possibly if you even try to rent an apartment or a house and they're doing a credit check on you. They would not be able to get any of that information. So it basically freezes out everybody on new requests. It doesn't change the existing credit uh, lines that you have, your credit card you now have. doesn't change anything there. You're still doing business, able to charge, able to see an increase in your credit limit Um, handle your mortgage, your existing mortgage, your existing car loans, all of that still stays in place. You just can't open new lines of credit.
0: And obviously, again, the the idea is if you can't do it, no one else can pretend to be you either.
2: Exactly. That's the whole advantage of that is no one else can be um, playing around in that. And, um, you know, what's interesting is even though we talk about all of these um, people out there who are trying to hack in and get data start to use this. More often than not, we deal with our clients. Um, what happens with credit problems, it comes from another family member who has the information about you, your full name, Social Security, birthday, all of that, and um, are able to open up credit lines and use your name to access funds.
0: Um, And I think, as you mentioned earlier in this hour, uh, to unfreeze, you need a special password. So, again, they know it's you and not just anybody saying, oh, yeah, go ahead and unfreeze my credit so I can do something.
2: Exactly. So when you freeze that credit um, score, your Google credit report, with each of those main three agencies, you're going to have a, a different way to go back in and unfreeze it. You make sure you record that PIN, that number that allows you to go back and say, now unfreeze it. And I've done temporary unfreezes. Um, you can go in and say, maybe unfreeze it for 30 days while I get through this one transaction. And that's very helpful to be able to do that. But put it in a very place so you can find it and be able to use it when you need it or you're going to be up the
0: creek and we're going to give out the phone numbers for each of the credit bureaus to request a freeze on your credit in just a couple of minutes but first we've got a caller on the line so why don't we say good morning to tom who's called in from brandon i believe good morning tom you're on the air with us
3: thank you uh i don't know that i heard it mentioned but uh The credit cards I think today have a new service. At least uh, mine do. Both Chase and Amex Uh, monthly they uh, provide an email with a link to their site that allows me to check my credit score and other activities on my credit report. Uh, That's a monthly thing that I just uh, go to their link up to their site, put my password in, and it shoots me right to uh, their the. reporting agency and gives me my score, gives me my history of whether it went up or down, and other factors like uh, anything that uh, uh, affected it this month. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, for everyone. It is in my credit cards.
2: That is a wonderful benefit to have, and understand that those credit card companies have a vested interest in keeping your credit uh, secure. They don't want anybody else uh, getting into that, because then you can deny those charges, and they have to eat those charges. Um, So this is a great uh, benefit that they're offering. I know my credit card will then buzz me on my phone anytime there's a charge, so I can very quickly look at that and and I know was that me that charged that, or is somebody else doing something they shouldn't be doing? So anything that they can do to make sure that your credit history stays secure is better for them.
3: Yeah, this is this is I get that as well. Uh, You know, a monthly. uh, Statement, if you will, of charges and and uh, some charges they come right across the moment I charge. But this is actually a link to the credit bureau to give you the score from Equifax or whoever they're uh, linked to. Great
2: benefit.
0: Or, yeah, Tom. Thanks for the call. That is, and it just shows you, I think, uh, another example of how competitive uh, the credit place, uh, the credit card marketplace is. That, uh, and it's good to see that uh, some of them are taking that extra step to help keep uh, their customers' uh, information from being uh, abused by others trying to steal their identity. Uh, let's give out those three numbers now. For these are the three main credit bureaus. So, if you're interested in trying to freeze your credit, uh, here's who you would need to contact and the number to call for Equifax. It's 1 766 008. Equifax 888 766 008. For Experian, it's one eight 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 three nine seven three seven four two. 397 3742. So Experian is 888 uh, 397 I'm sorry, 3742. And TransUnion, 1-800-680-7289. TransUnion is 800-680-7289. So, Ryder, I imagine those companies are going to, again, need a way to verify your identity when you call to uh, try to freeze your account. What sort of information will you need to have handy to complete the transaction?
1: Yes, uh, of course, you're going to need your full name, and Social Security, date of birth, that sort of information that's inherent to you or well, not unique to you, but other people can share your birthday. Uh, Of course, they will be checking things, like we said, that are things that could be found on your credit report, particularly addresses you, you live at, They may need proof of addresses, you know, a utility bill, a bank statement. They may need a copy of your ID, things like that, things that they can use to verify your identity, not only things that are going to be on your credit report, but some things that are like your your photo ID that are outside of your credit report. And one thing I wanted to add, we're talking a lot about freezing your report after the large Equifax breach a handful of years ago, they started offering a few more services. And what Tom, from Tom, well, who just called in, mentioned, being able to monitor your score is useful. The way those credit card companies do that, they'll essentially tell you, You'll you'll know if a new credit line gets opened up, That's it's not necessarily the best way to monitor, but if you already have it, it's there, that's great. Any little bit helps there with monitoring it is important. If, if you're not looking at the full report, looking at a summary like your credit card company might offer is important, but also each credit reporting agency, Equifax TransUnion, and Experian offers some form of locking your credit card, which is not freezing. It's the difference between locking your credit. I know that Equifax, after the breach, they offered lock and alert. Essentially, they, you could you could lock your credit, which was kind of a soft freeze, if you may, and you could unlock it whenever you wanted. And you would also get an alert whenever credit was being applied for. And again, not necessarily just credit, credit. It could be, like Nancy mentioned, applying for an apartment. There might, if you have especially a corporate landlord, they might check or they might report your credit. Utilities may check or report your credit. Insurance companies may check or even report your credit. Of course, the non-loans the non-financial ones are less likely to actually be reporting. It's less likely to actually influence your score, but they, can't, they, they may be checking these things regardless.
0: We're talking about security freezes to your credit. What's another report that you might need to check? We've got that for you coming up next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're pleased you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Here's a reminder, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, immediately following Money Talks. Another report that's useful to verify that information about you is correct is the uh, My Social Security account. And so to uh, verify and make sure employment information is correct, create a My Social Security account at ssa.gov. So, Nancy, we're talking about freezing access to your credit. So once you've frozen your credit, uh, what then?
2: Well, um, again, you can temporarily uh, lift that freeze, and I have done that myself. You mentioned the phone numbers for the three main reporting agencies. Um, Two of those, I remember doing it all online. I can't remember which one I had to uh, phone and talk to somebody in person, but uh, it was very easy for the other two just to freeze it all online and then unfreeze it. Again, I preferred the temporary unfreeze. Um, I could choose a time when it could be unfrozen so that any potential creditor could then make the request and make a decision about my credit worthiness and then shut the door again so that I feel more secure. Um, But for a lot of people, you know, a lot of the older people that we work with, you know, they have lived in their houses for a long time. Most of them, their houses are paid off. They're not going to be buying a new car. They don't need new credit lines. And so they're more concerned about someone um, tapping into their their records and using them and so a permanent freeze is more appropriate for them
0: and as you mentioned earlier it's important for anybody to do this to think about you know what might you need uh, credit in the future or get references from to decide whether you want to do this or not Um, and actually we've got some callers on the line so why don't we say good morning to uh, john in mobile john you're on the air with us go ahead hello yeah john you're on the air go ahead thank you very much. That was sudden.
4: (laughs) Uh, And thank you for taking my call. Um, My bank got sold, and on, uh, well, early in October, all of the assets will be officially owned by another bank, and I wanted to know what kinds of things you would ask people there Uh, to make sure that uh, all of your assets are are protected and all the records reflect what you think you own. Um, I do my checking there, and my life savings are in this uh, old bank. So this is a pretty uh, important change for me. What questions would you ask?
1: John that is uh that is an interesting question and it happens of course a lot <laughs> banks we have a lot of banks in this country and from time to time they buy each other two main things to think about one make sure you save a recent statement. If you don't get paper statements, go ahead, download, print out, save, however, a statement from each of your accounts. Generally speaking, banks are incredibly highly regulated, and they have tons and tons of of backups especially pertaining to data and who owns what etc. This is generally speaking in America incredibly secure and routine. However mistakes do happen so I would just say keep a statement so you can say look I had at Bank A I had this much money on this date where's my money if it if, just in case you have trouble locating it. Of course information about the your bank account numbers as well the other thing to watch out for is see if your bank account number will change or the routing number it doesn't always happen sometimes banks will keep the old routing number and the old account numbers sometimes they'll change one but not the other sometimes they'll change both it is it will be unique to your bank merger or your bank purchase so find out from them if any Account or routing information will be updated. If you have anything, particularly utility bills, automatic credit card payments, uh, deposits into your account, paychecks, social security, pensions, etc., anything linked to your account, if they are changing any information, you will need to update that. There's often going to be a, a good period of time where you where you have to update that, even if 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 they are, if they are changing any of that information. So just make sure you know what that timeline is. But generally speaking, this isn't something to worry about. The main difference is probably just going to be customer service uh, for better or worse. But do keep a copy of a statement. Uh, Your most recent statements from any account should suffice, should anything come up.
2: And, John, um, I'm going to repeat that, that I would not be concerned. Uh, I'm going to assume your existing bank has FDIC insurance, which protects you up to 250000 per account holder, and that the new bank will as well. Um, but your difference is going to be you may have higher fees with the new bank. So you need to be watching for what kind of fees do they charge on a regular basis. Um, as Ryder mentioned, what is their customer service? What are the benefits they're offering you? What kind of interest rates are they offering? Are they competitive? And that's going to be more important, uh, I think, because as Ryder mentioned, banks are heavily regulated. You're going to be, I would think, pretty secure. The FDIC insurance offers you a layer of protection. It's really about going forward. Is this the bank for you?
4: All right. Um, One other question, if you can take it. um, uh, let's see, fees, um, If uh, transfers are often charged a fee. That's what I've found out. And uh, is there uh, any kind of fee that would be excessive in your...
2: Well, if you have uh, monthly charges on any kind of checking account, uh, those service <laughs> fees that, that hit some accounts. Um, that would be an issue for me. Um, And uh, transfer fees, some banks actually don't charge those uh, for you to move money around. So you're just looking for the best choice for you based on your needs. And now that you're changing to a different bank, I'm going to assume it's probably going to be a larger financial institution, which in some cases is good, and in some cases it's not so good because they're
4: going to make the revenue. I see. All right. Well, thank you very much for your help.
0: Thanks, John. Good to hear from you this morning. Uh, So, Nancy, is the banking marketplace competitive enough to where if John doesn't like the terms of uh, his new bank that he probably would be able to find um, another bank that has something more to his liking?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, people do this all the time. They can hop from one bank to, the, to another. And one of the ways they keep us from doing that is they want us to have everything go by bank draft. So when Ryder mentioned changing banks and, oh, my gosh, you know, now you've got your pension, your Social Security, uh, you're paying bills out of there. If you have to change all that, that's a real inconvenience. But sometimes it's worth it to get a better deal. And certainly if you're looking at certificates of deposits or savings account, you're looking for the best interest rate that you can get. And often that can be found at our community
0: banks. One other thing to mention about uh, freezing your account, you do create a PIN number. I think in most cases it's a six-digit number. Uh, you know, try to make something that you can remember but not too easy that everyone else will be able to figure out. Uh, you can't use all zeros, and it needs to be something not previously used. So uh, not a whole lot of thought, but put some thought into that PIN number uh, because I'm mean, imagine it would be a huge hassle if for some reason you forgot what the PIN number was to try to access that back again. Um so Ryder we talked about reviewing a credit report uh, what should you do if you do find information that you think is not accurate
1: you, you need to contest that uh, you can reach out directly to the agency where the uh, or where the report is so that the Equifax TransUnion you can reach out to them and, and ask them about that. Uh, you can find they should you should be able to see what that lender is. You know, maybe it says, "Oh, there was an American Express card opened in 2019." And if you have no relation with American Express, you may be able to reach out to them. They may be able to give you some more details, but most likely you're going to have to go through the credit reporting agency. Uh, you're going to have to file a kind of formal report there. There is really good information for doing this sort of stuff or disputing, um, not disputing a charge, but disputing an item on your credit report from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, cfpb.gov, I believe has really good information there, kind of details. They even have form letters for, you can just plug in information and, and it tells you how to write up a description of, of the item. But yes, if you see an item which is not yours and you are absolutely sure it is not yours, then you, you, you need to dispute that. If, if it's if it's with an institution you already work with, say your bank, uh, say you, are, <laughs> you bank with Wells Fargo, uh, a bank which is known for opening up credit lines in people's names without asking them, then you can probably would have some success reaching out to them, finding out the details. They may, getting them to remove it may be an easier process than you trying to remove it yourself. But again, that's going to be easier if you already have a relationship with that institution because they're going to be a little more willing to speak with you, they're going to be able to provide you those details a, a little bit, a little bit easier.
0: Uh, So, Nancy, would you recommend getting in touch uh, via writing possibly uh, as opposed to something over the phone uh, when you're dealing with stuff like this just so that you have a written record of of what you've tried to do to get a, a credit situation remedied?
2: Oh, absolutely. Put it in writing. If you do make a phone call, you do need to record who you spoke to, the date that you spoke to that person. All kinds of information, understand that if an error gets on one of those reports, it's really hard to get it off. And that's why it's so important to monitor these on a regular basis, because the sooner you can uh, raise your hand and say, I'm sorry, that is an error that needs to be corrected, the better off you're going to be.
0: Uh, any idea about how long it usually takes to, to get incorrect information on a report corrected?
2: Oh, I wish I knew, I Kevin. I've heard of cases where they never got fixed. Uh, because when you're dealing with these reporting agencies, it's almost like a black hole. You're you're lucky if you can actually get somebody on the phone. Uh, you're lucky if you can get a response of some sort. But you need to keep trying because it's too important to let it go.
0: And as you said, the sooner you get in touch, the better. That's for sure. All right, let me repeat the the, uh, three numbers to call. If you want to freeze your credit report, if you call Equifax, the number is 1-888-766-0008. For Experian, it's 888-397-3742. And for TransUnion, 800-680-7289. That is going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Dr. Nancy Lotcher Janderson and Ryder Taft, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.
2: an MPB Think Radio podcast.